in general, we want to play to our strengths. We want to spend our time doing things that we love to do that we're good at and just do them better and make sure that our weaknesses don't get in the way of that rather than kind of how the rest of us, we all grew up. Let's focus on what we're not so good at, come up with a development plan and keep going at it. So the idea that we get to just do what we're good at is amazing. Hello, and welcome to ADHD Essentials, part of the ADHD Rewired Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brendan Mahan. I'm a former teacher and mental health clinician turned ADHD coach, trainer, and consultant. I can be reached at brendan at ADHDessentials.com. Here at ADHD Essentials, we help families develop the skills and knowledge needed to better manage attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. Visit ADHDessentials.com for more details. What's up, team? The impressive efforts of the ADHD Rewired Podcast Network continue. So check out ADHD Rewired with Eric Tivers, Hacking Your ADHD with Will Kerb, ADHD Diversified with MJ, and the ADHD Friendly Lifestyle with Moira Mabin, wherever you get your podcasts. And Live this Tuesday, May 11th at 1.30 p.m., you can join the entire ADHD Rewired Podcast Network team, Eric, Will, MJ, Moira, and myself, for a live Q&A. Go to ADHDrewired.com events for more information. And speaking of more information, let me share a little bit more about my upcoming contest with you. This contest is exclusive to the members of my Facebook community. You can find the link for it in the show notes. And here's how it's going to work. My kids and I are developing a scavenger hunt. It will be photography-based, so you'll track down the things we've asked you to find, take a picture of them, and submit them in the Facebook group. We're still working out the final details, but those who participate will be entered for a chance to win a huge Lego set where you will be building your own bookstore, as well as a handful of other prizes, including a free consultation with yours truly. So please stay tuned, check out the Facebook group for more details, which will be dropping next week, and if you're not a member of the group, go join it. And as usual, a big thank you to Jeffrey Gordon of Ideal Video Strategies. He did the heavy lifting editing this episode, and I greatly appreciate his help. Welcome to the show. Today, we're talking to Elise Greenberg. Elise is a strengths-based coach out of Needham, Massachusetts. She works with the Gallup StrengthsFinder program. In today's episode, Elise talks to us about the power and importance of focusing on our strengths. She discusses the Clifton Gallup StrengthsFinder program, the importance of playing to our strengths and our kids' strengths, the importance of identifying what our kids are good at and then letting them do what they're good at instead of allowing what they're not good at to get in the way. She also talks to us about how to use a strengths-based approach to parenting and to improve our family roles, why the overuse of our strengths might hold us up, and how discovering the Clifton Gallup Strengths Finder program has changed her life. All right, let's get rolling. Well, I'm Elise Greenberg, and, uh, you know, I guess I've been, um, as a professional, I've been working for dare I say, 30 years or so. 
it's funny because I've done marketing, technology, uh, accounting. And after all that time, I realized like what I really like to do is kind of all the people stuff. So there were a couple of things that happened not long ago. And about five years ago, I uh, was transitioning from a job, from one marketing job to another. And a friend recommended that I do this one strengths assessment. And it kind of changed my professional life. You know, it was something that was just supposed to be like one of those online things. And it actually got me both interested in the people side of things. And, and maybe there's a path for me professionally towards people, but then also personally, it was something that I had never thought about. And so, you know, I'll tell you a little bit about it as we go forward, but it was really like, I mean, I was what 45 and thinking like, oh my God, I've never actually thought of my life in that way. And when does that happen? And, you know, I'm a mom, I have two kids who are teenagers and they're both ADHD through that and just kind of learning about them and seeing them and knowing my husband does not have ADHD. I decided that like, I should probably talk to someone about it for myself. And through podcasts like, you know, your podcast and talking to people like you and all these things, I've learned so much about it and through my kids and the strengths is, has, I think it's resonated even more because of the ADHD component of my family. And it, it's something that like, I never thought I was passionate about anything. And, and I've been, so now I'm a, trying to be, I'm working towards being a coach in general, like kind of a professional coach to help and really younger people find their way. And one of the things I did was become a certified, you know, Gallup um, Clifton Strengths is kind of the strengths that I'm talking about from a tool perspective. And I became a certified coach in that way. So I'm on my journey. It's early in the journey and uh, I'm excited to be doing it. And I've already been exposed to the Clifton Strengths Gallup program, right? Kind of similar to you. When I left teaching, I already had a plan. And my plan was I'm going to be either a guidance counselor or an ADHD coach, right? And so people know how that planned out. But I also was kind of panicked, I guess, or maybe not panicked, but I felt at sea, right? Like, what am I good at? What do I do? Am I in the right direction? Like teaching in the classroom didn't work out. What's, what's up? I thought I'd be good at that. And I went after the Gallup Clifton Strengths. Just, I don't even remember where I found it, but I probably a podcast. And so I headed in that direction too. And, and it was useful. I was like, yeah, cool. In my case, I had struggled enough that I kind of already knew. Like I took the test and was like, that makes sense given what I know about myself, right? But it still helped me go like, oh, is am I going in the right direction? I guess I kind of am, right? Because my five were um, input, which is like getting information and knowing things. And, and tell me if I get one of these wrong, because I'm going off the top of my head and you're the expert. It's not a test. Yeah, no, it's not a test. And woo, which is kind of like winning people over. Mm -hmm. And then ideation, which is coming up with ideas. Relator, which is connecting with people. And I think helping other people connect, people connect to each other, but I might be wrong on that part. And then communication, which is sort of communicating, right? Yeah. Yeah. And even where I like, I, hi, I'm a podcaster. So I like ideas and winning people over and coming up with like getting new ideas and coming up with ideas and connecting to people and communicating. So I think that like probably podcasting is a good place for me to have landed. Right. Right. The reverse engineering on that is exceptional. Actually, yeah. Right. right? Like, I didn't do it on purpose, <laughs> yeah. but it makes yeah. sense. Like, it it's does. Like, yeah. That's a straight line. Yeah, it um, is. And so when I, when I learned about you, we have a mutual client, oh, audience, 
I was excited to have you come on to talk about the strengths stuff because I kind of did that and then didn't touch it again. I was like, cool, that makes sense. Yeah. I And at the time I was doing speaking gigs and I, like very small number of them. I was just starting at that. And I was like, oh, so that fits then that I would do workshops and enjoy that. That's grown considerably since. But right. I'd love for the audience and kind of me too, could, given that I dropped it. Yeah. To hear about what is the Gallup Strengths Finder, what's going on with this, and and what's the idea behind it? Is it something that is worthwhile for anyone to look at? Is there a specific subset of the population that is going to benefit from it more than others? What kind of a spot in life makes this something that's worth exploring? The idea of having like this kind of strengths-based mindset, and then also having the Clifton Strengths tool to be able to use it is kind of what I think is like the one-two punch. So in general, we wanna play to our strengths. We wanna spend our time doing things that we love to do, that we're good at, and just do them better and make sure that our weaknesses don't get in the way of that rather than kind of how the rest of us, we all grew up. Let's focus on what we're not so good at, come up with a development plan and keep going at it. So the idea that we get to just do what we're good at is amazing. The Clifton Strengths, I think, does a couple things. One is, and I think you hit on it in your example, which is really, it's a validator. Like for anybody to really do the Clifton Strengths and say, hmm, I didn't know I was good at that. Not likely, because what it does, you're the one taking the test. It does it in a way that kind of cognitively and kind of reflexively you answer it. But it really does tease out what you're naturally inclined to do, and that's what your strengths are. And so... The idea is that when you say it kind of like, I kind of got that, what you had after you took the assessment tool and you didn't have before was the language. You had the vocabulary, you had a little bit more confidence. And I say you, I mean, it's kind of anybody, but that's what we get from it is we get the words to describe what we're good at and who we are. And like a little bit of a summary about it. And it's really about self-awareness. It's about self-confidence. And having like a way of talking about ourselves. And I think the, the idea of that is so important, certainly for younger people, I think, in the ADHD world, it's really important. And can you define younger people? Like I ask because we've got parents listening who have kids like that are five years old. And we also have parents listening who have kids who are 18, 19, 20, and we have 20 year olds listening and So what does younger mean? Yeah, so that's a good question. It's kind of anybody really, like the whole thing, this could be like a a way of life. This could be, this is like a philosophy. If I knew about it, if, you know, hopefully my kids will grow up with a strengths-based perspective. And I think largely our kids will versus the generation before us. So as parents, I mean, we can be strengths-based parents, which is largely saying and helping our kids say, let's identify what they're good at making sure what they're not good at doesn't get in the way. But if they really like something and they're good at, they're going to do more. And if they're not really that good at piano lessons, like, you know, taking them, it's kind of torture. Like maybe they don't have to do it. I mean, that's for every parent to decide, but that's a little bit of what the philosophy is. So as you get older, when I say younger, I think almost professionally, people in their twenties, when they're figuring out what it is their career should be rather than when they're 45, you know, having an understanding of, okay, I've gone to school. I've done a lot of things. I've been interested in a lot. I've had one or two jobs. Like, what does that really mean? So that's kind of the age could be anything. And there really actually are. So, you know, going back to Clifton Strengths, there actually are parenting books on Clifton Strengths. 
And the assessment tool is, they have one for students. So I think you could be as young as like, you know, 10 or 12 to be able to do the online assessment. And that assessment is different from the main assessment, which I think starting at the age like 15 or 16, like high school, they say you can take the main assessment. You don't have to be in the working world. You can be anything, you know, it's just a way of saying, what am I good at? And where do I point that? Even looking at mine, right? Like pulling it out of the professional world and plugging it into the parent world, which is where this podcast exists. Input, woo, ideation, relator, communication. That's going to help me understand the role that I play in my family as much as it's going to help me understand what I can do professionally, right? Like That's exactly right. Clearly, I'm an ombudsman. Like I'm yeah. going to be the guy <laughs> running the emotional nature of the household because I'm re- I'm a relator. I'm looking to like communicate with stuff. Yeah. I'm trying to win people over and get the kids to do the thing that they need to do, right? Yeah. But potentially that input and ideation stuff might lead me to come up with ideas for what we could be doing. It might lead me to learn more about parenting and how to do that. So those elements are in there as well. And clearly I did start learning about parenting. I absolutely is what it is. And also, you know, I don't know, like your partner in crime and parenting and whatever, like you also learn like what that person has Mm -hmm. and you don't have. Right. And so the idea of strengths in any capacity is about relationships too. And it's about saying you're the ombudsman and maybe somebody else is like the taskmaster, right? Right, And not in a bad way. It's in a way that makes the machine work so positively. You'll be the camp counselor, right? Like you will be that person who has new ideas. And I was in fact a camp counselor. (laughs) I'm not surprised. (laughs) And so I think what it does is it helps us understand other people. And really it's very much about positive language. It's about positive thinking. Like I love the positivity of it because it says, this is who I am in my family. This is who I am as a parent. And I'm, these are what I'm not, (laughs) that we just have to look for that somewhere else. And, and if there's nobody who's in charge of like project management for the house, it doesn't mean you don't do project management. It just means you get there in a different way. Right. So it's not that the, these skills don't exist. You can accomplish anything. It's just how do you use the talents and the strengths that you have to get there in like the best possible path? I had my whole family do the strengths, you know, the Clifton strengths. I had at the time it was like a preteen, a teenager, and my husband. And um, it was a time where I was like a little bit negative, just kind of in general. My thinking, my, I, I didn't like the way that I was always sounding nagging and, and all those types of things. And I just found the, the Clifton strengths. And I said, okay, well, I love the positivity of it. Let's have everybody do it. And what it did for me is it gave me vocabulary to talk about the things that really were special about my kids that maybe weren't so awesome every day of the week, or like when I needed them to do something, like I had to be reminded that like, these are their strengths and this is what they're good at. And it really did help me talk to them more positively. It helped me feel more positive about our relationships. And it's just a mindset, you know, in addition to having that vocabulary, like when my, my son is a good example. So one of his top strengths is competition, right? So it's always like he, and he's got a younger sister. So no surprise there, right? He, the strength of that though, is that he thrives when he is competing against somebody else. And it's not that he wants them to lose per se. He just really wants to win and he will outperform 
And it's just a motivator for him. It's what gets him going. Looking at that as a strength is amazing because then I can say, this is something I want to cultivate and also make him understand, right, as a parent, like the overuse of some of these things. And um, that's the other piece is that we find in the strengths world is that people really are held up more by the overuse of their strengths or their superpowers than they are by their weaknesses. That's interesting. Yes. So, and maybe you could think about that for like a second for yourself. For me, one of my strengths is communication as well. And I overuse it. I mean, I love kind of communicating what I, you know, communication largely is about bringing ideas and putting them into words and having people kind of connect with those words, right? And so I think when I talk and I really want people to kind of like understand and get the energy that I feel for it, and I should just be quiet sometimes, like probably right now, right? Like, I mean, I think there's a, that's an overuse of communication, whereas you'd never say, you know, there was a weakness there. I wouldn't, I used to say there was a weakness and now I manage myself differently. I have that same overuse. I won't say that same weakness. I have that same overuse. And, and that like, that's communication and relator and woo all kind of combining to be a shut up Brendan nightmare. Yeah. Another spot that gets me in terms of relator mm-hmm. is... I connect to people's emotions and their perspectives pretty strongly. So if someone is angry, I'm going to be overwhelmed by that. I might get angry myself. I might just feel intimidated. I might be shut down by it. So that's, that's a way that that can kind of overuse itself. I'm not doing it on purpose, but that can happen. Yeah. And then the other piece is when it comes to relator, I'm really good at taking other people's perspectives, which is awesome. Except for when it like changes my perspective temporarily on a thing, right? On something. And so that's like, I've learned, I have to just stay away from angry YouTube videos that just want to complain about stuff, right? Because I'll, <laughs> yeah. I'll go down there and then my input will grab stuff. And the next thing I know, I'm finding all of the bad things. Yes. And I'm not paying attention to the good stuff. And I have this incorrect perspective on the world because all of my input is negative people are jerks, the world sucks. And I'm like, oh, that's not true. Yeah. And it's so interesting to hear you say that. So I actually heard a couple of other strengths come through. So there are 34 strengths or there are 34 themes, right, that can come out of this Clifton Strengths assessment tool. It ranks them from one to 34. And your rank from one to 34 is different from like, there's only one in 33 million people who have the same exact combination. So you really are unique, right? Like you're different. So the report stops at five, depending on the report that you get, but you can get one through 34. And, you know, of course I had to see, you know, what my one through 34 was. And so what I hear you saying is that probably six, seven, eight, because, you know, they're kind of fluid in the rank order a little bit, is that you have empathy is one of the themes. And that actually is really, it's why you're also a relator, but it's also that like you feel what other people feel. You can talk to somebody and know exactly how you're being received, which is also why you're good at communication, right? Like, and that's empathy. And that's what you're saying is like, it kind of bums me out when I like it hurts me when someone's kind of hurting or when someone's angry. And so that you can see how that really helps you with relator, but you're seeing an overuse of it in that it kind of isn't so positive for you all the time. Another one that is positivity, 
which is another one of these themes. And you are, I mean, anybody who knows you even for a minute, you're a highly positive person. And positivity is one where you really do bring that positive nature to everything you do. And it's motivating for other people. And that's part of the woo as well. And it just kind of works in concert with so much of who you are. The overuse of positivity is that when you're around negativity too much, you get overloaded pretty easily. And you don't really, you kind of lose, not only lose yourself from like the individual who you're talking to, but kind of like, it's just draining to be around negativity. That's just like how a few different of these themes, you know, work together. And it really, it's proven to me a bunch of times that the weaknesses that I have, the true weaknesses that like would be at the bottom of the list, I don't even do them that much. And what the problem with me was, is I started out as an accountant. That's where it became, you know, important to me to help people starting out in their professional career. And even as a kid, right? Which is like, why was I an accountant? All of my top, I mean, I'd say top 10 are about relationships, about leadership, influencing, connecting with people and, you know, some execution, but very little that you would say is a good fit for an accountant. That makes sense. Yeah. So I stopped that early on. I was in my twenties when I stopped being an accountant, you know, I went towards marketing, which was a little bit directionally good because it was about people and what makes people tick and, you know, insights and stuff. And again, had I really known my strengths at the time, I might've, I might've gone towards HR. I might've gone, gone towards coaching. I might've done a different part of marketing. I got my MBA for marketing and I loved it for a lot of it, but I just wish I would have known myself better. And I was on a path and I just didn't get off it. And it sounds like that's really what the Clifton Strengths Finder benefit is, is you get to know yourself better than you might otherwise. Totally. It's, it's, there's no magic here, right? Like it's not, it's not this magical thing and it's not the be all end all. There are definitely times where I've talked to people and I was like, well, what do you think? Is that report kind of sound like you? And they're like, it does, but maybe this one doesn't really sound like me. And two things happen. One is when it's explained to what it is, they're like, oh yeah, that's me. Or maybe it's just not, and it doesn't resonate. And then you just move on, right? It's meant to be a tool and not the Holy Grail. So how did it play out when you had your whole family take the test, right? Because of course I'm having the same thought right now, right? I'm like, oh, I'm thinking back to like 10 years ago when I did this or whatever. I'm like, I think Amy took it, but I don't remember what her strengths were. And the boys are 12 now. They're at the age where they can do the kid one, maybe I go and do that next. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Particularly because sort of the part of the nature of the homeschooling stuff that we're doing is like doing some self-awareness, doing some self-knowledge and self-learning with the kids and, and Amy and I do it with them when we can and it's appropriate. So what was the experience like for you and your family when everybody took it? Was it, did you understand each other better? Did it change how you parented or how they interacted with you or what does that look like? Yeah. So like most things in my house, well, it sounds like if you, the act of homeschooling is so foreign to me that like, I just to give you a backdrop in that, like whenever I would introduce anything like this to my family, it's like, I'm like nails on a chalkboard. I mean, they go running when they hear something like this. So it was not totally welcomed, let's say, but they did it. Everybody did it. And I think they were interested in what they saw, but really like my two kids, it's very much like if I come up with any idea, like they just inherently don't like it. Oh, me too. I'm with you. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so 
what it did was for my husband and me way more. And what I love about what you're saying is like, it is something the whole family can do. So we all did it. We all took it one Saturday and I was able to share with them like what I thought. And I think for my son who was older, he was allowed to, he was able to look and really understand and see like, what is competition? What are these five things? And then my husband and I were able to talk to him differently about it. My daughter was a little bit like the, the, the kid version is still really good for that age. So it's worth, it's, it's just self-awareness. It gives you like a way of continuing the self-awareness drumbeat and a way of reminding of those types of things. Like when things come up, I'll be able to say, oh yeah, that's your like significance talking, you know, Alfie, who's my son. And my husband and I also like he is way on like the cerebral side of things and I am way not. And, and that was just fun to see. Like we knew it. It wasn't, it wasn't anything we didn't know, but it kind of helped us understand our roles a little better and be able to put some language and validation behind it. So like family game night, it wasn't exactly the best day we've ever had. I don't know how family game night is for most of you and your kind of parents out there, but it never was like Hasbro said it should be. You so just walked into one of my areas. I'm sure. Yeah. Just so you yeah. know, <laughs> this is my like ideation and um, it's input. It's helping. Yeah. Input. Yeah. 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 There are cooperative board games that exist now where you work together against the board, against the game. So that might work better as you, with your family than like Monopoly where everyone's against each other and your son is like, I'm going to kill everyone. Rawr! Like if you're all against the board game, it's a little easier. Totally. Yes. And I know that now we've missed the, we missed kind of the evolution of board games. There is one that we play now that, that we do love because it is largely together rather than, you know, separate, but. And my, my audience is just like, there's Brendan talking about board games again. Oh, sorry. But... Um, no, it's okay. It's not, it's not on you. I do have a question just sort of to make sure that I'm checking all my boxes and you might not have a specific answer to this and that's not what I'm looking for. I just want to make sure I'm checking boxes. I am assuming that the Clifton Strength Finder, there's some kind of paywall happening. It costs money in some form, right? Oh, yeah. And I don't, you don't need to know how much that is. I just want to confirm that that's there. It's literally $15 if you buy the book on Amazon, it has a code in it, right? $15 and you get the code and the little book that describes what it is. And that's the cheapest way and the easiest way to do it. If you went to Gallup website, gallup.com, you can buy it for $20 and you get the code and you get like a PDF that basically is the same thing. If you wanted your one through 34, I think that's like just the $50 package. So if you do the 20, the 15 or 20, and then you want to upgrade, then, you know, it's another $30. So the tool itself is, and really, you know, to start, all you need is the five, the, the, the top five. It just gets you understanding. And if you really love it, you know, maybe it's not um, a hardship to go to 34. And then when it comes to doing the whole family, like there's four people in my family, I'm assuming I'm looking at like 60 to $80. Total, yeah. Because I have to do one for everybody, right? You do one for everybody. Yeah. So it's it, one assessment for each person. And then there are no other costs, you know, besides that. And so uh, it is one of the more approachable. It's not one of the free tools, but it is one of the more um, accessible. Yeah, cool. I just figure, I don't know the socioeconomic status of the people listening to my show. So I want to be clear. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm glad you asked too. 
And, and I think, you know, I think you can get the book itself can come from the library and it has all the 34 themes in it. And you can just kind of read it and say, yeah, I'm this and that. And, and again, what I love about it is just, there's some vocabulary. So even if you're wrong, I mean, even if we're kind of like, even if just we're in the zone, it's about talking about something positive for each person. And it just shifts. It just is so much better, right? It's about fit. And then it becomes, where do I fit rather than what do I fix? And I just love that. It's really clear to me that this has changed you. Yeah. That's coming out as we talk. Yeah. <laughs> How? Like, what? can you give some specific examples of what this has done for you? First and foremost, it has really shifted my like internal voice, right? I, not, I still have that nagging negative kind of like all the wall of awful, right? Like that I didn't know about until recently, but it has really shifted in that I know what I'm good at. And it's not that I'm just not good at everything, right? Kind of that, like all of these things, the rejection sensitivity, all these different things, like my negative voice is still pretty high, but what it did is it gives me another way. And when I do it for other people, so I love it externally, and then when I do it for other people, it just helps me internally too, right? So that's, I think, what draws me to it as a profession, as a parent, as all these things is like, I'm a little hypocritical because I'm still not so great at it in my own mind, but I get to be reminded of it all the time. And I am a positive person, largely like, you know, to the outside world. And so every day I get to talk, I get to talk to someone about like something that motivates them. I get to talk to them about what's good about them. And a lot of people, it's novel, you know, it's like new. And if it's not new, it's still valuable. And so, um, you know, specifically, it's changed my career. It's, I think, changed my mindset on parenting, shifting to a more positive kind of strengths-based focus. I know it's changed my view of their schooling in that, like, if we could just get my son through French, like, I don't even care, just pass French. I may have been like that before, but it's not his strength. And he's so good at so many other things that like, I, I don't want him to spend more time on French than he needs to. Again, I don't know if I would have been that way before, but I certainly have been that way now. Yeah. And that's you pivoting out of specifically the Gallup strengths. Yes. And into just broad strengths. So you're like the effort that it would require for you to get a, an A in French is not worth it. Like just pass. Right. And then whatever's left over from like the C plus to A plus land or C plus to A minus, let's take that effort and put it into the academic areas that you're going to be using later in your career. So, and that's a big ADHD thing too, right? It because is. kids who are interested in something are going to like, it's really important that they're interested in it for them to engage with it and focus on it. And so taking all that energy and being able to put it in that positive is even, it even amplifies kids, adults, whomever with ADHD, because they get to focus on and then really tone it up. And the, the Clifton strengths, I would say specifically one of the greatest things it did for me at the time when I took it, I was a much better job interviewer. That was specifically what it did for me. Not only did it give me a little more confidence, but I walked into an interview and I had five things to say about myself. I knew I was good at turning, you know, ideas into words. I knew I was good at knowing how to put a team together. That's individualization. I knew I was good at one-on-one -on -one relationships and forming them quickly. That's Relator. And it helped me write my resume at the time. You know, like the, at that time, it was all about the job. So that 
kind of is where tactically it happened, but I have adopted like just the mindset, like that's what I love. I think the strengths is, is a great tool, right? Gets you off the ground. And just being mindful of time. Do you have any ending essentials that you'd like to share with our audience? Well, I think I've been pretty clear about how I view the strengths. (laughs) (laughs) I kind of like it. I just encourage people, like, I really do think that it's always worth taking stock. And if you need a tool to do it, great. If you don't need a tool, even better to say, like, what is it that I'm good at? What do I want to be doing rather than can I do it? It's just such a different shift, certainly for people looking, you know, jobs, school, whatever. It's like, well, do I want to be spending my time on it? It becomes you shift the power and back to yourself and your own decisions. There's always going to be a fit for what you're good at. Like there's always going to be a fit. And so let's spend our energy finding that rather than beating ourselves up over like, why aren't we putting our own square peg into the round hole? Hey, you're still here. Nice. Thanks for staying focused all the way through. If you have any thoughts or questions about today's episode, feel free to email me at brendan at ADHDessentials.com. And don't forget to check out the website, ADHDessentials.com. And visit our Facebook community. I'm looking forward to talking to you again next week. In the meantime, keep focusing on improvement over perfection. 10% better is all you need.